Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Patient's name, Sophia Howard, age 10. Remarks? If there's anything wrong with this patient, I hope it's contagious. It'll be one epidemic the world could really stand. The private practice of Dr. Dana. Starring Jeff Chandler and brought to you each Sunday afternoon at 5 Pacific Standard Time. Another story from the colorful career, the private practice of Stephen Dana, M.D. That's right. I'm Steve Dana. You never know how things are going to turn out, I guess. I started out by trying to do something for Sophia Howard. But when it was all over, I found out I hadn't done a tenth as much for her as she'd done for me. I suppose the whole thing started two days before Christmas. Although at the time, it might as well have been two days before Columbus Day, as far as I was concerned. Because it looked like my Christmas had gone completely sour on me as of ten minutes before. And that left me with a very unpleasant chore to perform. So I called Gorsi, my nurse, into my office. Yes, Doctor? Gorsi, you know that plane reservation I made? Plane reservation? Well, yes, Doctor. Can you can we... unmake it, if you will. Unmake it? Cancel it. Oh, well, yes, Doctor. But, Doctor, you don't mean you, you can't go. You are unpleasantly accurate, Gorsi. That's exactly what I do mean. Oh, then you're not going back to your hometown for Christmas. Well, let's not rub it in, Gorsi. Let's just cancel the plane reservation, huh? <laughs> Yes, of course, Doctor. But what happened? Oh, Mrs. Williamson's pretty bad. I just had her taken to the hospital ten minutes ago. Oh. May have to operate. In any case, I've got to watch it pretty closely the next few days. Oh, I'm awfully sorry, Doctor. Thanks. So am I. Um, you, um, did you want me to stay in town? I mean... You mean if I said yes, you'd never forgive me. Now, Garcia, on your way. <sighs> Thank you, Doctor. Uh, but is there anything I can do for you before I go? No, I... Yes. Suppose you put in a call for me to Dr. Tracy... Dr. Dr. Carol Tracy. Yes, Doctor. I certainly will. It had just occurred to me that I was in a fair way toward getting in a pretty bad mood. I couldn't think of anything more likely to snap me out of it than talking to Trace. Yeah, her voice sounded just as good to me as ever. Uh, interested in the general subject of dinner tonight? <laughs> Maybe that ought to prove something. Maybe. In any case, I'd like to have dinner with you very much. Fine, I will pick you up at seven. All right. Oh, uh, incidentally, how's your shoulder for crying on these days? Well, that's an interesting question. Why? It looks like I'm stuck in town over Christmas. Oh, Steve, why? One of my patients went bad. I'm awfully sorry to hear that. So let's make it a good dinner tonight, huh? I had a hunch it wouldn't take much of a try with Trace. 
And after an old-fashioned apiece and a fine dinner, my morale was pretty high. That is, until the conversation came around to Christmas again. Now, Steve, I've been thinking about you missing Christmas at home. Well, naturally, I'm not too happy about it. I think it would have hit me harder a few years ago. Oh, don't tell me you think you're outgrowing Christmas. Mm, no, it isn't that. But I think Christmas, or rather, the way they celebrate Christmas now is getting sort of away from the original idea. Oh? Cigarette? Mm, thanks. What do you mean? Well, take Christmas cards, for instance. Mm -hmm. I can remember not so long ago when most of them had pictures of Santa Claus or holly or Christmas trees, something like that on them. Now a lot of them have a sphere of light or an airplane writing Merry Christmas in the sky or just a big cold greetings. Yeah, I noticed that. Too. Another thing. When the subject of Christmas comes up, a lot of people throw up their hands and get a horror-stricken look on their face. If the whole occasion was something that shouldn't happen to them. But, but don't you think that that's just sort of a surface thing, Steve? Down inside, they haven't changed much about Christmas. Maybe. I don't know. But even so, I wish they'd realize how ugly things like that really sound. Of course, you realize I'm the original sour grapes guy. <laughs> I'm talking like this to try and convince myself I'm not going to be missing anything by not going home. I know. I've got a job you're doing. Convincing myself? Mm-hmm. So-so. Mm -hmm. But uh, suppose I get off the soapbox for a while and you tell me about the Christmas you're going to have. I've... It's going to be a very wonderful Christmas for me, Steve, I know. My aunt and uncle live in a farmhouse up in New England. My sister and I are going to fly up there tomorrow. Farms just outside one of those wonderful little towns. Complete with red brick buildings and white steeple, huh? Uh-huh, and snow all over. To say nothing of a big Christmas tree. An old-fashioned green one. And a turkey almost as big. <laughs> oh, you know what my Christmas is going to be like as well as I do. Yeah. Will uh, this be your first Christmas up there? No, no. We've been going up there every year for a long time. It's all like home. Oh, not afraid of that uh, you can't go home again business. Huh? From the book of the same name? Mm hmm. The guy who wrote that book proved this point pretty eloquently, it seems to me. Yeah, I did. Now, oh, I'm not afraid of that you can't go home again business. You know, Steve, you're in a strange mood. Yeah, I guess I am. Just my end of the year mood, I guess. Look, uh, I've been glooming around long enough. Suppose we... I don't know as I'd call it glooming, Steve. You know, I wish you could come up to that farm with me. You know, I'd like to, Trent. Come on, let's dance, huh? So we danced. And it was a good evening again. The next morning, the day before Christmas, I went over to Hayes General to call on Mrs. Williamson, a patient of mine who'd gotten bad. She was no better. It looked like there wasn't much doubt about my operating anymore. I had a strong hunch when it would be. Yep, I'd be spending most of Christmas Day in surgery. I went back to my office, and it seemed pretty deserted without Gorsi. Funny thing about Gorsi, I always missed her at times like this. There weren't many patients, and I was through about noon. I started out the door. Wasn't sure where I was going, but it didn't matter, because before I'd gotten very far, the phone called me back. Hello? The fellow who wrote the book was right. Trace? Hello, Steve. I thought you'd left on the plane this morning. That's what I mean. I can't go home again, either. Why not? Well, uh, I'm sorry to hear that, Trace. I am, too. 
I know how you must be feeling. Worse than I thought. Well, look, where are you? Pershing Heights Hospital, where my patients are. You want me to come over and keep you company? I'm fresh out of patients for the moment. Oh, I'd love it. Now I can cry on your shoulder. Okay, I'll see you in an hour or so. Well, all of a sudden, that made two of us with no Christmas. It probably wasn't too noble, but I found myself feeling a little better about things. I was just about to leave my office and go over to Pershing Heights when I noticed an envelope half tucked under the blotter on my desk with my name on it in very familiar handwriting. I opened it. Yeah, yeah, it was from Gorsey. Just Merry Christmas, Doctor, on it, and down at the bottom of P.S. Don't forget to get a haircut before Christmas. <laughs> That's what I like about Gorsey. Always trying to take care of me. And after looking in the mirror, I could see she had a point. So I went over to the barber shop I always went to. It was a small one with only one barber, named Henry. I don't know why I kept going to him particularly. He, he wasn't the greatest barber in the town or anything like that. He was tall, stoop-shouldered, one of the thinnest people I'd ever seen. The kind that seems to be mostly bones. Now, he'd always had a slightly sour outlook on life, and today, even though it was the day before Christmas, was no exception. Getting trimmed up for Christmas, huh? Uh, yeah, yeah. Gonna have a big Christmas, huh? No. Uh oh. No, huh? No. Uh. Well, you're the lucky one, I guess. Am I? Yeah, yeah, love. You're the lucky one, all right. How so, honey? Because you're not having a big Christmas. Me, I'm having a big Christmas. Four kids. That's a big Christmas, Don. Yeah, I guess it is, but you don't like it, huh? Why should I? Price is what they are. Yeah, there's always that, I guess. I don't guess, Doc. I know. Easy. No, sorry. Yeah, spend all year just holding your nose above water. Maybe put away a few bucks. Maybe you can't. So what happens? Uh, along comes Christmas. Along comes Christmas. One kid's got to have a wagon. One's got to have a big doll. One that cries. Others got to have a tricycle. You were, you said there were four kids. How about the fourth one? Little stove that cooks. Oh. So we get them the things. We use up the few bucks. We run up bills. We spend months trying to get them paid off. Just about the time we do know what happens. Well? Yeah. Along comes Christmas again. No, Doc, you can have it, the whole thing, you know. Like I say, Henry doesn't have a particularly sunny outlook on life. But I must admit he sort of fitted into my mood at the moment. I got to Pershing Heights Hospital about two that afternoon. There were only two people in the waiting room. One was a little girl of about nine or ten with two pigtails and an awful lot of freckles who sat very quietly over near the windows. The other person, of course, was Trace. She was not looking very gay. I went over to her. Steve. Hello, Trace. What happened? My sister and I just started for the airport. We were approaching an intersection. The car ahead of us was going pretty fast, I guess. Anyway, two people got off the street to the corner. man and his wife, apparently. This car in front of us hit them. I stopped, of course, to give them the first aid, so... They're my patients. Mm-hmm. Well, how are they? Well, they're still unconscious, both of them. But it doesn't look like skull fracture in either case. Probably simple concussion. So, 
standing by. Well, that's too bad. Is there anything I can do? Yes. What? Take me to dinner tonight. <laughs> That'll have to do for our Christmas, I guess. I think it can be arranged. Dr. Tracy. Yes, nurse? I'm going off duty now. Oh, any change in the patient? No. All right, the other nurse will keep me informed. Yes. Um, that, uh, that little girl across the room. Yes? She's their daughter. What? What? I didn't know that... Yes, she came in about an hour ago, asked if they were here. Oh, thank you, nurse. Yes. Come on, Steve, we'd better go over. Yeah, Oh, sitting here. I didn't pay any attention. It never occurred to me. She wasn't with him at the time? No. Hello. Good afternoon. I'm Dr. Tracy. This is Dr. Dana. How do you do? I'm Sophia Howard. Hello, Sophia. Uh, I'm your parents' doctor. I, I didn't know you were their daughter. How did you find them? The people at the corner told me that there had been an accident and described who was in it. So I knew it was Mother and Daddy. They were to meet me at that corner, and I was a little late. I've been looking in the windows. Are they... They're getting along all right, fire. I'm afraid you can't see them right now, though. I know. That's what the nurse said. But I know that they'll be all right. I'm sure they will. Because I've been playing. Oh. Uh, you uh, live around here, Sophia? No. Where do you live? Well, that's rather hard to say. What do you mean? Mother and Daddy are missionaries. We've lived in Africa ever since I was born. Missionaries? Yes. We just got off the boat this morning. Do you have relatives around here? No. We're just passing through on our way out to some place in China. I see. But I guess it will have to wait a few days before we can leave. It shouldn't be very long, dear. Uh, what will you do in the meantime? Wait. This is Christmas Eve. I know. Have you any plans so far? No. Do you? Yeah. Would you like to have dinner with us, dear? Why, thank you very much. I'd like to. If I wouldn't be a bother. I'm pretty sure you won't be. Why are we going to have dinner, Steve? Well, yeah, I hadn't given it much thought. I Wait a minute. I hadn't fixed up my apartment because I was going away. I don't even have a tree. Oh, yeah. Sophia, you've never had a Christmas in this country, have you? No. Well, then it's high time you had one. Trace, can you leave the hospital? I think so. They'll get in touch with me if there's any change. Okay, you and Sophia go on over to your apartment. I'll be along in an hour with all the trimmings. Well, if it had been an award in my book for the person least likely to be running around buying Christmas trees and a turkey from the delicatessen, I'd have given it to myself. But here I was doing just that. It looked like a fine turkey, too, all cooked and still steaming. When I got to Trace's apartment, I noticed she'd found some holly somewhere and had the place looking very Christmassy. Sophia was sitting there taking it all in with those big brown eyes of hers looking very interested and yet... I couldn't quite put my finger on it, but she looked sort of vaguely disappointed about something. Well, I set up a tree and we decorated it. Then Trace put the food on the table and the three of us ate like we were starved. Afterward, we just sat there at the table, not saying anything for a while. The candlelight flickered over that serious little freckled face between us. Finally, she looked up at us. I want to thank you for having me to dinner. It was very nice. I wish that Mother and Daddy could I'm have... glad you enjoyed it, dear. It was a wonderful dinner. 
And the tree is very beautiful. We never had any trees like that where we were. Daddy would always fix up a bush to look like one, though. I guess Christmas is just about the same everywhere. I don't know much about that. I've never seen one like this, with snow and... Why, you probably know as much about Christmas as anyone, Sophia. Christmas stories and... Well, things like that. They're the same everywhere. I only know one Christmas story. Oh, well, tell it to us. Oh, you probably know it, too. Well, you tell us and we'll see. Come on. Well, all right. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field. What? Huh? Keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you was born this day, in the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praying God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Sophia knew a Christmas story, all right. The Christmas story. There wasn't much to say after that. Then pretty soon, Sophia went over to the window and stood looking out. Trace and I both knew she was thinking about two people lying unconscious in the hospital. When she turned around again, her eyes were dry. But I noticed a sort of disappointed look in her face. Sophia, what is it? Not anything, Dr. Dana. Come on, dear, tell us. Well, no. You'd think it was silly. No, we won't. What is it? Oh, I know I'm too old, really. And I know better. But you see, well, this is my first Christmas here, and... Because I lived in Africa all my life, and I didn't have time today, and then after the... The accident, I went right to the hospital and came up here. So I never had a chance to... Oh, but I know it's silly. Chance to what, dear? Well, I... I I've never seen Santa Claus. I've never even seen a make-believe Santa Claus. Santa Claus? Sure. I know it's silly. No. No, Sophia, I didn't say it. Pretty silly of us not to have thought of it. Look, look, just sit tight, both of you. Where are you going? To find Santa Claus. Steve, isn't it too late? In quarter of ten. Well, can you get one? All the stores are closed. I don't know, but I'll get one somewhere. Yeah, it sounded easy at the time, being Christmas Eve. Of course, I realized the real Santa Claus was busy, but I thought I could find a representative. An hour later, though, I wasn't so sure. I hadn't seen a one. 
I was standing on a corner scratching my head when the answer came to me. Because I was scratching my head. Henry, Henry the barber. Sure, it was pretty incongruous, but well, he'd be doing me a big favor, and yet well, maybe it wasn't so incongruous. Maybe I'd be doing him a big favor. I got his home address out of the phone book and went over. He was still up. Doc, you're out of your mind. Yeah, Henry, maybe I am. Maybe I am, but come with me anyway. You don't really mean it, do you? You don't really mean you want me to go tracing over to somebody's place with you and play Santa Claus for some kid who should have been in bed two hours ago? Yes, Henry, I mean it. That's just what I mean, and I think you'll do it. I talked to him. I told him about Sophia, about her parents in the hospital. Maybe, maybe I laid it on pretty thick. I don't know. But I kept talking, and finally he held up a hand. That was a dirty trick, Doc. What was? Throwing in that part about the hospital and the freckles. Yeah, maybe it was. Oh, come on. Let's go. We got in my car and started back. And then discovered we'd overlooked one small detail. No Santa Claus suit. And then I remembered the Santa Claus dummy standing in the lobby of my office building. The night watchman let us in, and after I talked to him a few minutes, he promised to uh, look the other way. But when Henry saw the Santa Claus suit on the dummy, he shook his head. It was a nice try. Oh, come on. So what if a Santa Claus suit doesn't fit perfectly? Fit perfectly? Doc, I'm not asking for a perfect fit. I'm just saying that's no fit at all. That suit was made for a guy about 5 feet 6 and 200 pounds. So look at me. 6 feet tall and 130 pounds. Doc, you got to admit that well, is... Let's, let's try it anyway, Henry, huh? So we tried it. And Henry was right. It was an awful fit. The sleeves hit him halfway between the wrist and the elbow. The pants came about to his knees. But in between, the suit ballooned around him like a tent on a scarecrow. Yeah, he was some Santa Claus. But he kept the suit on, and we drove back to Trace's apartment. She took one look at Henry and tried to keep a straight face. And then she motioned over to the Davenport, where Sophia had fallen asleep. But, uh, what am I supposed to do? She's asleep. Come on, go on over to her and wake her up. Well, uh, what'll I say to her? You'll think of something. Doc, I've always given you good haircuts. I don't deserve this. Come on. Uh, all right. Hmm. Sure has a lot of freckles, huh? Yeah. Sophie, huh? Sophia. Uh, Sophia. 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 Yes? Uh, wake up, Sophia. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, uh, understand you wanted to see me. Yes, I did. So much. It was very nice of you to come. Oh, that's all right. Are there many Santa Clauses like you? Well, um, yeah, yeah. I see. You don't work for anyone in particular, then. Not exactly. Is... Is that why your suit doesn't fit you very well? Uh... Yeah, I guess so. But wait a minute. I said I didn't work for anyone. That wasn't quite true. What do you mean? Why, we all, I mean, all of us, Santa Clauses, we work for the same boss. We're sort of representatives of his. Who is your boss? Why, um, Santa Claus, I guess. Yeah, the real Santa Claus. Oh. And, 
As for my suit not fitting, it's not uh, it's not supposed to fit. It isn't? No. You uh, see, it means something when it doesn't fit. It does? Well, what does it mean? Why, it means, uh, well, it means that it's just sort of a symbol. This coat and pants. See how they hang on me? Well, that means that it, well, it isn't the outer stuff that matters so much. It's what's inside. I, I didn't realize that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I've got to go, Sophia. I'm very glad I met you. And thank you so much for talking to me. Oh, that's quite all right, Sophia. Uh, Doc. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'll show you to the door. Was I, uh... Okay, Doc? You were very okay, Henry. Yeah. I want you to know how much I appreciate it. Oh, that's okay, Doc. I didn't really mind. Sure has a lot of freckles, huh? Sure does. Funny. Kind of reminds me a little of my second oldest kid. Oh? Uh, maybe it's the pigtails. Maybe. Hmm. Well, I'll be getting along, I guess. Um, Doc... What? Uh, you suppose they'd mind very much uh, over at your office building if we, uh... Well, if I didn't get this Santa Claus suit back to them uh, until day after tomorrow? No, Henry. I don't think they'd mind at all. So Henry left, and I went back inside. Trace and Sophia and I sat around a few minutes more. Once again, I had the feeling that something was missing. And I still couldn't put my finger on it. It's getting pretty late, Sophia. Ten minutes to twelve. Feel like going to bed? What do you mean? Why, here. Yeah, you're going to stay here tonight. And then tomorrow we'll see what arrangements. Oh, that's very nice of you. But I don't want to be in the way. There's an extra bed, so don't you worry about it. Well, all right. Thank you. Uh, excuse me? Sure. Well, what do you think of it, Sophia? Oh, the dinner, the tree, Santa Claus, the Christmas. I thought it was very nice. You know, I just figured out what's the matter. You've never thought that Christmas applied to you specifically, have you? You've never thought that all of this, well, included you. I don't know. Our Christmases have always... Sure, you've always been on the giving end instead of the receiving end. You and your parents have probably spent all your Christmases doing for others. We try to. I thought that was the way Christmas was supposed to be. Sort of... Well, for others. Oh, it is, it is. But don't you see, honey, you're included. Why, people like you, the ones who give, they are Christmas. They're what Christmas is all about, really. Can you, can you understand that? I think I can. It does make it a little different than I thought. And better. Why, sure. And all the Christmas trees and turkeys and presents in the world are, what? What's the matter? The, the presents. We, we never even got you a present. Oh, I didn't expect. I know, but... I don't think you have to worry about a present of the fire, Steve. I have one. You do? Yes. I think you'll like it better than anything else. That was the hospital that called the fire. It... It was? Yes. The mother and father are both conscious now. They're going to be all right. They know you're here, and they said not to worry about them. You can see them tomorrow. She just stood there, with her lips moving and tears in her eyes. But they were happy tears. We realized then what a strain she'd been under all along, how beautifully she'd held up. Trace and I looked at each other, and then we looked away. 
Trace took Sophia's hand and led her into bed. I stood looking out the window, thinking a lot of things. And finally, when I looked around, Trace was by my side. You went right to sleep. Must have been completely worn out. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny, Trace. What is? We were the ones who were going to give Sophia Christmas. The way it ended up, she gave Christmas to us. Yeah. You thought it wasn't going to be Christmas at all for us, didn't we? Just because we weren't going to have all the material things. It was a long time ago we felt like that. It is a long time ago. There it is, Trace. Midnight. Uh-huh. Merry Christmas, Trace. Merry Christmas. And there you have The Private Practice of Dr. Dana, starring Jeff Chandler, Betty Lou Gerson was Dr. Carol Tracy, Mary Lanson was Gorsey, Marlene Ames was Sophia, and Henry was Bob Young. Tonight's story was written by Bob Wright, produced and directed by Sterling Tracy, with music by Eddie Dunstetter. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Thank you.